Discover community, find hope, and experience God. This is Discovering Hope with Pastor Paul Knight. So I described the Christian life last week and, and, and before as kind of a two-step thing, right? The, the, the two-step, and it, it's to step away from your old life and step toward your new life. I described it that way, to step away from the darkness and to step toward the light, to, to step away from self-governing management to obedience or submission to God, to, to step away from and step towards and and to just repeat that over and over and over and and I made it seem too simple didn't I like it's just you step away you step towards you step away you step towards and and, but but I started thinking about it all week like here's my life I step away from something and then I wander towards something else right I I step away from something and I fall I step away from something and I want more of Jesus but I'm like I'm grasping or reaching and I can't quite get the step does anybody else relate to that? Like you feel like you're going around, I'm stepping away and stepping towards and then back and forth and like the same things over and over and over again. And I think we instinctively know it should be different than that. What if there was, what if we weren't meant to stumble in the darkness, like over and over and over? What if there were somebody, someone who would like help us through the deserts, or help us over the stones, or help us through the deep waters? What if there was someone who would help us up when we fell? What if there was someone to guide us? What if there was someone that would encourage us and cheer us on and to celebrate with us? What if there was someone to no 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 that would that would correct us? What if we actually listened? to the one who says he's within us. The Holy Spirit. God. What if he loved us so much from within that he would change what we hungered for? What if we experienced him such a deep way that we became desperate for him every day? What if God's presence wasn't meant to be just a one-time experience but a relationship. We're going to open up Ephesians chapter 5 again. 
I'm going to read the same passage I did last week. I, I want to read from verse 1 of chapter 5. Oh, I will anyways. Let's stand together in honor of God as we read his word. If, if you have a screen that you can look it up on, or a handheld Bible, or, or something, or, or it'll be on the screen as well here. Ephesians chapter 5. Follow God's example. If you have the New American Standard Version of the Bible, it says, be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality, or of any kind of impurity, or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance of the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists of all goodness and righteousness and truth and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes light. This is why it is said, wake up sleeper rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You may be seated. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When we look at our lives, when we listen to our lives, we know, we know, we, we, we know, we do. We know they ought to be more different than they are. We weren't meant to live in gray or in the clouds or stumbling back and forth in the darkness. We, we, we're, we're meant to be children of the light. We're, we're, we're meant to be more than just comfortable. We're meant to be more than just nice people. We are, we are, we are children of God, living in the fumes and the presence and the extensive and excessive love of God, like a fragrance permeating from our lives. That's... 
here, here's the first point this morning. If we are following Jesus, and by the way, this is going to seem kind of critical, but, but just so you know, I'm talking about me too. Like, I'm talking about my life as well. I, I, I'm not up here, like, different from you. I'm up here because I'm one of you. If we are following Jesus, we should be like Jesus. Shouldn't we? For those of us who follow Jesus year after year after year, you would think, you would think there'd be more evidence of, I've been hanging out with Jesus. The Apostle Paul begins this chapter with, be imitators of God. He says in an earlier book, in 1 Corinthians, be imitators of me, (laughs) just as I am of Christ. Can you imagine the audacity, the boldness? Like, Can you imagine being so connected to Jesus that you could say to the people around you, look, just follow me. I, I won't do it perfect, but if you follow me, you'll end up closer to Jesus. You would think when we're followers of Christ that we'd become more and more like Jesus, that, that the kind of lives we live would be compelling. Like I think of the early followers of Jesus. Right? The early followers of Jesus who were willing to die for the life they were experiencing. Like they were... It wasn't just like, like they had this idea that they'd learned, uh, like this life that they were experiencing, they had experienced, in, not just the apostles, but the ones after them as well, who, who had never physically seen Jesus, but they had experienced the living Christ, the transforming power of his presence. So much so that they're willing to say, I surrender all. that the love that they experienced was so amazing that they would rather die than deny. And not only that, but those that watched them walk their Christian lives, many of them were willing to say, you know what, I'll give up my wolf's fur I'll become a lamb because of the way you all walk and because of the way you love. You seem like God has permeated you. You seem like your marriages are full of something beautiful. You seem like when you talk, you talk with something that is of the depths of God, not just saying stuff. You think and you forgive and you love. It seems like the one we've heard about called the Christ. Do you ever feel like the church is missing the breath that animates us? And makes us alive. 
imitate God. The Apostle Paul in, in the passages that was read, he, sa- he says that, that those of us who imitate Christ, that, that we live dearly loved, that we know that we're loved. We walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. That we, like, we're surrounded and immersed and have dove into the pool and consumed it, the pool of God's love and his grace and his mercy. He talks about a different kind of sexuality that is Christ-like and obedient and, and fulfills the desires that God has. He, he, he talks about full of pureness or not full of impurity, dividedness, double-mindedness, He talks about not being greedy, but extravagantly generous. He talks about the talk, the way we talk to each other, speaking with songs and hymns and spirit. Like, there's something out of our heart that makes us talk differently than other people. Not not like in a musical. Hello, John! Welcome to the church today! That's not what we're talking about. It's about something that permeates, that, that feels like it's musical to the people who hear, even without the notes. That there would be so much change in us that we would avoid fruitless living, that we would not be under the influence of anything other than God and His Spirit. Not, not an idea, not under the influence of a dream, not under the influence of a substance, not under the influence of an anger, not under the influence of a rage, not under the influence of a person, but influence of God. Make no mistake, at least in my life, I realize I need, I need more of the fullness of God's grace and mercy, his presence. I, I, I need the Holy Spirit. See, we're part of this dream in the church, this, this vision to touch with the hope and love of Jesus, the people who do know Christ in our area. And, and I'm reminded over and over and over and over and over again, it's not by might. It's not going to be by power. It's not going to be by the convincing of your amazing arguments. It's but by my spirit says the Lord, well, what, what, if, what if it wasn't so much about you convincing your kids as loving them, as living before them truth and grace and mercy? To be more like Jesus, we need the Holy Spirit, don't we? We're meant for more. We're not meant to grovel and to just survive. To be more like Jesus, we need the working of the presence of Christ within us. We need the Holy Spirit. Do not get drunk on wine, he says, which leads to debauchery, which leads to a wasted life, pointless life. You live it and it's done and 
oh well. But be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Francis Chan calls the Holy Spirit the forgotten God. We treat him, many of us, like, like, like when I go to the gas station. I was going to say holiday gas, but I'll say valley dairy in deference to people who attend here. When we go to the station and we fill up with gas to empower our cars, that's the way we treat the Holy Spirit. I need a little bit of Him to get me going. Rather than the fact that He's God. He's not merely a force. He's God Almighty within us. He is the presence of Christ in us. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, each distinct but one. He is called the Advocate, one who stands by the Paraclete, the one who comes alongside you. He's called the Guide. He's called the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of grace, the Spirit of the Lord, the Teacher, the Witness, the Convictor of sin, the Spirit of life, the Wind, the Breath of God. He is God. But what's He do? What's He do? He he is the presence of God that indwells every follower of Jesus Christ. It says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, that when you heard the word of truth, you were sealed in the Holy Spirit. Guaranteeing your deposit until the day of Christ Jesus. That, that when you receive Jesus Christ as Savior Lord, you open up your life and the Holy Spirit comes and resides within you. But the primary work of the Holy Spirit, see, I, I remember when I was in high school, I used to belong to a youth group and we, we would go and we would pray for the display of the Holy Spirit. We, we would ask God for, for tongues and miracles. And I'll be honest, I was way more interested in the flash than in the Spirit. I crave more His displays than Him. See, the work of the Holy Spirit isn't primarily about being flashy. The work of the Holy Spirit is about being transformational. He moves into us and produces within us the manifestation of the character of Christ. We call them the fruit of the Spirit. When the Holy Spirit takes up residence, it has freedom within us. He produces the fruit of himself in us, the character of Christ. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. That when the Holy Spirit has freedom in us, we begin to live and become more like Jesus. The primary work of the Holy Spirit is transformational of us as individuals, but also it's transformational of the church. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts, special abilities, supernatural abilities that he puts in each follower of Jesus Christ for the sake of one another. And he brings the manifestation of Christ's power called the gifts of the Holy Spirit into his church and he puts 
it in each one of us who follow Jesus so that you have a place to serve and to know that you are contributing to the maturity and the stability of every one of us. The work of the Holy Spirit is about transforming the church. He empowers us. He empowers us in our speaking to one another. With songs and hymns and spiritual songs. He empowers our worship that we have songs from the heart. That we're not just singing words from a screen. But it's something that comes within us. The Holy Spirit empowers our thankfulness. By the way, by the way, is there anything the church needs more right now than other than the Holy Spirit, maybe the manifestation of the Holy Spirit through thankfulness. What a bunch of curmudgeons the church are lately. Seriously, have you listened to ourselves? Complaining about this, complaining about that, complaining about this, complaining about that. What if it was true that one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit was you have a thankful heart? Some of us are dry as a bone spiritually as evidenced by what we speak. He empowers our submission to one another. Our willingness to be for one another, to serve one another, to live with a towel over our arms saying, how can I wash you clean? How, how, how can I serve you? How can, how can I use what God has given me for you? How, how can I be there for you as he produces his character, the character of Christ in me, and he produces the power of Christ through me. How can I serve you? One of the first things I notice about the Holy Spirit is it says that he empowers our witness. Like, just, just think of how you are around people who don't know Jesus yet and how compelling you are. Maybe the issue isn't just learning more. Maybe it would be yielding more. So that as we speak and as we live, it's like we've waken up and risen from the dead and Christ shines on us. Number three. Because we want to be like Jesus. By the way, I, I, that may be presumptuous of me. Right? Some of us are, are maybe just here and you don't really want to be like Jesus. But I'll, I'll put it this way and you can just write in your notes maybe sort of. Or, eh, not really. Or, or, or maybe something is being stirred in you that says... God, you have more work to do in me. I want to be your craftsmanship. I want to be your handiwork. I want to be something that is put on display. God, I want to be a piece of work. Point number three, because we want to be like Jesus, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, all of us, all the time. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, all of us, all the time. The first evidence of the Holy Spirit, not first evidence, first evidence, not, the, the first coming of the Holy Spirit, we call it Pentecost, right? The disciples were in a room, 
and they were told by Jesus to wait for the promised Holy Spirit and he would come. It says that he came like a, like with the sound of a violent rushing wind, air, breath, moving into the house. Have you ever tried to contain air in one space? You can't. Air goes into every space. When violent rushing wind or the sound of it comes in, it fills the space with the breath, with the wind. That's what God is desiring to do with everyone when he says to be filled with the Holy Spirit to every room of our being. That God would be more and more at home within us. That our living room spaces would be full of his breath. His air, that our bedroom spaces would be full of his breath, that our kitchen spaces would be full of his breath, his air, that our closets, that our secret spaces and places would be filled with his breath and air, that our attics and our basements would be filled with his breath and air, that every part of us, our recreational spaces, our relational spaces, our angry places, our forgiveness spaces, our joy and peace places, would be filled with the presence of God doing a work. See, there's two commands. Do not be drunk and be filled. The first one, don't waste your life. The second one, you can't do it without Him. Be filled with the Holy Spirit has a couple ideas with it. It's, it's a plural command. It's not just you individually be filled. He's speaking to the whole church, not just Hope Church, but Freedom Church, and Calvary Church, and Sharon Church, and Thrive Church, and Grace Church, and the Free Church, and every church around our community, Augustana. Am I missing one? Bud, help me out. (laughs) All of the churches, all of the churches filled with his presence, plural, that we'd be praying and asking God, fill your church, raise the ship of every place. Plural command. It's a passive command. It's not like you're going to grab the Holy Spirit. He has to do it. There's not a formula. Say these six words in this tone and wiggle and the Holy Spirit will fill you. It's not like that. He is God. We don't ever order him. We can ask him. We can yield to him. We can submit to him. It's a present tense command. It's an all the time, all of us command. It's not a one-time experience. It's, it's, the, it's be being filled every day, all day. Be being filled. Live so that your life is open to him all the time, submissive. We, we suffer from leakage. And maybe that's by design so that the Holy Spirit is flowing through us, not just into us. I've been thinking about the Holy Spirit in my life. I was reading in Philippians chapter 2 where it says, have this attitude in yourself 
that was also in Christ Jesus, who in very nature was God, but did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptying himself, taking the very nature of a servant. Maybe one of the reasons the church isn't full of him is because each of us are so full of ourselves. Our dreams, our expectations, our passions, our desires. Maybe to experience the fullness of the Spirit, we need to ask Him for the strength to step away from some of the other things that have filled us and step toward him. What, what if he said, everything, everything, your kids, your marriage, your career, your aspirations? Like, I'll be honest, just in a personal thing, my career messes with my faith sometimes. Because I, I start to think of what I do as being the same as who I am. My break from the beginning of April left me without the thing I do. But I discovered I still am who I am a lover and follower of Jesus who is in desperate need of his filling. Are you? I want to go back to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 15. And let, let me read this again to us. I think this was the Apostle Paul's heads up for what he's going to say later, the command to be filled. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being that he would change the inside of who we are. Maybe we don't have to focus so much on not doing this stuff as much as letting him do this stuff so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know his love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God now to him who is able to do immeasurably more then all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I'd like to ask you for a, a moment of privilege. I'd like to pray this passage over us. 
if you're open, you don't have to do this, right? But you can just lay your hands on your lap and ask God to do what he's written. And let's just imagine him doing immeasurably more in us. I pray, Father, that out of your glorious riches that you would strengthen us with power. God, that you would help us to walk away from the things that damage us. God, that you'd help us to walk towards, that your Holy Spirit would guide us and shape us and motivate us and be with us. God, may you dwell in the inner recesses of our hearts and lives. God, I pray that your Spirit would feel at home in us. That you'd strengthen us with power in our inner being, not just on the outside of who we are, not like, not like siding, Father, but like the furnace and the air conditioning and the carpet, the, the things that are part of who we are, Father, in the depths of our being. So that your Son, Jesus, may dwell in our hearts through faith. Not, not that we would just hold you as an imagination, but that we would know that you're there. And I pray that we'd be rooted and established in your love, deep, deep, Father, into your love, that, that you would dig us so deep that we draw our life from you. That we wouldn't just live by bread alone, but by your very words, Father. That we may have power to grasp, to hold on to, to grip, to cling to. How wide and long and high and deep is the love of your Son, Jesus, who gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering. God, God, let us truly believe in the depths of our being that you love us. God, for those of us who struggle with that, I pray that you'd break the bond of the enemy, the darkness that holds our heart that says that you are less than. God, I pray that we recognize and understand that you've died for each one of us in a real way, not just accidentally, not just one who all happened to be born. But God, that we would know in a way that's beyond our understanding how wide and long and high and deep is your love. That we would be filled, not just me, but that we, all of your church, not just hope, but every church, would be filled with the full measure of you, Father. That the people who don't know you would look at your church and say, that is amazing what God is. Now to you, God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to your power that is at work within us, to you be glory in your church and in Christ Jesus, your Son, throughout all generations forever and ever and ever and ever. God, fill us, please.